0: This episode of MBSing is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked me not to read an ad, so I'm just going to thank them for their constant friendship and support. Enjoy the show. Welcome to MBSing. I'm your host Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is my friend Dave Marr and he talks to me about his love of self-help literature and I think he did a an excellent job covering all aspects of what that can mean in terms of actual self-help lit things that are more about your spiritual health things that are more about your mental health we talk a lot about how all of that affects your creativity um, and how he kind of transitioned from being an improviser into being a stand-up comedian as a result of realizing that it was uh, more well suited for what kinds of stories and things he wanted to tell uh speaking of a story that dave has to tell um you should check out his show at the annoyance on friday nights at 10 p.m it's dave Marcoma show it is about a uh almost month-long diabetic coma that he uh, lived to see the other side of. I got to see a preview of it a few months ago, and I couldn't recommend it more. That's Friday nights at the Annoyance Theater at 10 p.m. from now until December 18th for eight small dollars. Other shows of note at the Annoyance Theater, the Fishbowl, 9.30 on Thursdays, can come and play with Annoyance teachers and veteran performers Uh, If you put your student ID into the fishbowl and get chosen to play. One such person who's been around for some of those shows is my friend Eric Berry, who is also a host of a Chicago podcast co-op podcast called Full Disclosure. Every episode of Full Disclosure features writer and comedian Eric Berry recording intensely revealing interviews with adult performers, sexologists, comedians, and others in the entertainment industry. If you like this, you might like that. Check that out and any other shows in the co-op and make sure to rate anything that you listen to and enjoy on iTunes because that helps other people discover these shows. A couple of Nerdlogs plugs this Friday if you don't have any Black Friday night plans, check out the nerdalogs doing a short version of Your Stories opening for Improvised Star Trek at the IO Theater. That's 10.30 this Friday night. And on Saturday, December 12th at 8pm, we will be doing a Nerd Wars Holiday Special, which is our own take on the Star Wars Holiday Special. It'll center around Joe Gennaro trying to get home to Ohio to enjoy Life Day celebrations with his family. You know the story. Come check it out. Saturday, 8 o'clock, December 12th. $10 suggested donation. I won't be here for the actual show, but I have helped write it and have contributed some other things to it. So I strongly encourage people to come check that out if they'd like. I think that's all I've got. Enjoy this episode with Dave Marr. Podcasting in general? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like part
1: of the, like, second wave of Chicago podcasts. Maybe? Okay. What is... Coolum would be probably wave one, First wave. Right? And the Seth Whiteberg. Did you ever hear his? I know thing?
0: of what you're talking about, but I never. It listened was like to I yet. would
1: only listen to it on like on his website. I think through like QuickTime, uh, like you know, just right, like little yes, like yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When
0: people tell me that's the only way that they listen to my show, I'm like that is baffling to I me. Know, <laughs> I know,
1: like how do you just keep a uh, what's it called? tab open or yes exactly
0: yeah. they're like yeah i had one woman say that like she was listening to it at work and she just pulled it up via a link on her phone and like every once in a while her phone screen would go to sleep and she would have to open it up and turn it back on and i was like you know you could just use itunes yeah, right <laughs> and like fast
1: forward or would it yeah. stop in the middle of where it uh
0: was? i think it would stop when oh, her okay. phone went
1: to sleep Oh jeez, yeah that is <laughs> it
0: seems i was like wow i've never expected that much energy into anything i did yeah <laughs> oh by like every time she brings right, it up. right right my numbers are so enigmatic in the first place really? i have no idea yeah
1: it's not with, it's not like guests. The guy
0: who does our, uh, because we host all of the stuff on our own site, mm-hmm. is less like quantifiable than say if I was using something like Podbean or Libsyn.
1: Oh, gotcha, 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 So
0: like every once in a while we'll get numbers from him and I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I think it's probably, it's like a gift and a curse. Like, because I think it, it, means i tell myself that no one listens to it yeah which is probably a good thing
1: maybe yeah i mean for me it was like because i did libsyn Mm -hmm. and it was like it was nice to. my goal was like oh well if there's more than like six people who listen to this Mm -hmm. into each episode I'm doing more than the average like playground <laughs> show. Shows. I was doing <laughs> I had at a that feeling time.
0: that's where that was. Headed. Yeah,
1: I mean that's well, but that's just like there's what a I was lot of truth to that. And I was like, well, that's worth doing. You know what I mean? Mm,
0: and yeah. and every once in a while, someone will approach me about it and talk to me who I never had any idea was listening to the show. Yeah. So that is always more interesting to me than just seeing like a number. Yeah, for
1: sure, for sure.
0: So if you're out there listening, always tell me. <laughs> are, we, is this the, are, are we recording? I have, I've started recording. Nice, nice. <laughs> Caught this little chit chat at the top. Cool. Um, when coulomb did MBSing, this was like a year ago now, mm-hmm. he's he talked about podcasting. So it was all very oh, like wow. meta. And yeah. like, there was definitely a lot of Coolum in there, <laughs> but it was really fun. I. I I like that guy, and I think he's always liked the Nerdologues, which is why he's always kind of, like, cast his net around us in a certain cool. way. He's just been supportive yeah. and worked with us on a couple of occasions. But one of the things he said was something about, like, similar to what you said about, like, the waves – of podcasting. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 he said something to the effect of, like, definitely feeling like he had been early on. But being able to appreciate when, like, someone else came along to kind of, yeah. like, pass the baton to. And then he was like, not that I have a baton to pass. Like, <laughs> right, right,
1: right. That is, yeah. I don't know if there is, like, a storied history, too. But then it would be, like, improv podcast versus stand-up podcast. Podcast by improv people versus stand-up people. Because there's, like, Tim Barnes has that show that's, like, really popular. What's his show? It's called It's All True. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I've yeah. He- heard the name. Yeah.
0: There's definitely a divide there for sure. Right. Because I'm aware of a lot of the stand-up podcasts that exist, but I haven't really listened to much.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: But I also don't listen to many that are considered, like, improv podcasts.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I do I like listening to podcasts, though. I don't... I still have a uh, what's it called bias I think when mm-hmm. it comes to like ones I perceive as like professional versus okay. like I'm not really like a local podcast supporter, you sure know? I think that's fair maybe it doesn't I feel like that doesn't jive with like the ethos that I believe in in, in life. actuality yeah
0: I mean it is a very easy thing to make a podcast.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess so. I see where you're going with this. It's
0: not just because you achieved making one is not something that you shouldn't necessarily deserve a lot of recognition for. And I'm saying that as someone (laughs) who has made my own podcast and is very proud of it and has been doing it for a long time. Right. And yeah, work goes into it, but mostly I just enjoy the thing itself enough to keep doing it. Where are you from? South Carolina. Oh, okay. Were you picking up on that?
1: No, just like your, uh, y- Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a funny... That's a pretty Southern thing, nice. probably. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it happens every once in a while. It's funny because a lot of times people are like, you don't have a hint of an accent. And I was like, mm, I don't think you've listened to me for long enough. <laughs> yeah, that's funny.
1: I, yeah, because I've never picked up on that yeah.
0: before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when Strickland did the show, we threw around some really? South Carolina. What did tales. she do? What was she her... talked about? Basketball fundamentals. Dude, that is awesome. <laughs> it was really fun. That's it was great. all over the place. So it was really, really fun. Of course it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awesome. She's the best. She's one of the very so funny people that I She's, know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my guest today is Dave Marr, and we don't have to talk about a bunch of podcast minutia anymore. <laughs> okay, we can okay. talk about the thing that you came here to yes. talk about. Hello. Um, and that is self-help literature. Mm -hmm,
1: Yeah. Self-help like books and Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: What do you think was the origin of your love for that topic?
1: Um, well, like I've, I guess I've gone through phases, but I was like, cause I, I, yeah, I was like trying to think of when I first got in, like when I, the first self-help book that i read mm-hmm. and i was like i think i've been reading self-help books since i was like a little kid which really? is like <laughs> seems really unhealthy you know to be like
0: or really healthy
1: no i think not <laughs> like i think if you're like oh i don't know i mean because that's yeah that would be the thing is like it's now like hopefully a healthier thing where there's some sense of self that you have you in place into it to help mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. but uh if you're just coming from a place of lack and help
0: help me as a person. Yeah. Right. Like, or just
1: like, (laughs) I'm imperfect. I'm like, not enough, you know, that's like pretty bad. But there's this book, uh, Oh, there, it's like, it was like the seven habits of highly effective, like people, Mm -hmm. right. Or Mm -hmm. businessmen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. People. Maybe.
0: I think it's people is like the first edition of it, but like, a. Chicken but then they exactly they just made like yeah, 7 yeah, I know yeah. I had 7 habits of fi- highly effective teens Yeah I had 7 <laughs> habits of highly
1: effective maybe it was teens but or like children like kids, kids yeah
0: may, i I wouldn't but be surprised like if something like that existed
1: highly aff- like what kid <laughs> wants to be highly effective you know what i mean it's like yeah. my son is so highly effective like what a gross <laughs> oh man terrible i uh, never
0: thought about it like that oh yeah uh i really consider myself a highly effective person yeah yeah right
1: just like what a beside the point kind of thing to be. But yeah. I remember reading that. And the only thing I remember, the only habit I remember is like being proactive. That was like one main thing is like you're not reactive. You're proactive. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, that was pretty early on. I mean, I guess like if we're getting like, uh, you know, sort of looser with the definition mm-hmm. it would be like the bible maybe
0: oh um because the yes. bible is like a There's kind a lot of, of truth to that
1: and for me self-help is very like spiritual literature is very much like part of the that, genre that mm-hmm. i'm talking about okay um but i would say most recently there was a period about three or four years ago mm-hmm. when i first like kind of uh, – because I grew up very like evangelical and in like – In
0: Ohio? In
1: Ohio and Oklahoma. Okay. Um, And uh I was – yeah, just like had that sort of spirituality and then like drifted away from that and chose to move away from that. And then three or four years ago I was like, man, I miss – like th- there's like this void I feel –
0: Of a like set of morals to live your life Not by. a set
1: of morals as much as just like – Uh, a practice of spirituality basically okay and i was like i would love to be more like what what is how can i define like what are my actual spiritual or religious beliefs trying to like and i did a bunch of like church shopping i went to like a buddhist temple i went to like a quaker uh sitting
0: did you go to the baha'i temple i
1: did not go to the baha'i temple i had an inner uh an interaction with a very beautiful Baha'i <laughs> woman in college who was – did it, that just did not – It turned you off. It made me, no sense to me. I was like, <laughs> this seems like the most bogus, <laughs> like, free-form shit.
0: It is, like – isn't it, like, the five major religions all just kind of tied is it? together? Oh, yeah, yeah
1: right. Probably – I mean, I don't even remember what I was turned off by uh, about her s- beliefs exactly. But, but
0: saying – but having the response of like, this seems like bullshit, I think is kind of fair because from what my understanding of it is, it's like, um, it's like the five major world religions, which I couldn't even like define probably, but, uh, it's like tenants of all of them combine and you learn all of the tenants as a believer of the Baha'i faith. And then you kind of like align yourself towards the ones that like speak to you the most you're you kind of like pick out I of mean, that. that's
1: interesting but to mm-hmm. me part of the like uh the realness of religious practice i mm-hmm. would say is the parts where it's not as comfortable where you're like having to grapple with like some and and it gets very dangerous if we're like doing like hard and fast like black sure. and white truth or whatever sure but i think the idea that like Oh there is going to be some stuff that is like thorny in whatever you pick. I mean mm-hmm. the problem of pain for a believer is the kind of is the is similar to the problem of pleasure for the atheist, you know, like how do sure. you like uh there's got there's going to be some uncomfortable realities that you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And uh in uh so oh but I also think I've heard this quote. I think it's attributed to the Dalai Lama, but the idea that like Uh, If you are a Catholic, uh, you know, the world – the idea of, like, sticking within the faith that you were brought up in um, because there's just so much history and such deep roots from that. And, like, the world needs good Catholics to interface with good – Hindus or Buddhists rather than like mediocre Buddhists who used to be Catholics interfacing (laughs) with me. You know what I mean? And so, and I found that to be really like resonant with me because the church I eventually ended up picking was like, uh, was a Christian church was Mm -hmm. not, uh, was not as similar. It's an Episcopal church, very different than evangelical church. For sure. My, the, the priest is a like lesbian woman who's amazing, uh so it that is not at all like how i grew up uh-huh. but at the same time the idea of like oh being however loosely defined a like christian is for me uh you know or or entering that community is more powerful and i have more roots that i can like explore with sure. it than like if you had some hippie fucking something. Baha'i or you know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. no offense to Baha'i people, but like right. kind of offense to Baha'i people. <laughs> I don't think of Baha'i people, they don't seem like they take offense to anything. No,
0: I, I wouldn't think so. One of the things, so this is really interesting to me already. Uh, I was raised <laughs> Episcopalian. So, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, But I was raised Episcopalian in the South um where there was like one episcopal church in my small hometown mm-hmm. and one catholic church and one lutheran church and like 50 baptist churches yeah, like yeah, yeah. It, we were a minority within a majority you know and uh like there was not a jewish temple um there mm. was a church of latter day saints that was built like when i was 12 and it brought a lot of like mormon community into the into the uh Town, which was like weird in and of itself. Yeah. But apparently, one of the other tenants, my friend Charlie, who was like, he took me to the Baha'i Temple just to like see it because it's really cool and gorgeous. In your town. Or the one in the here in here. Evanston. Is it mm-hmm. Evanston
1: or Wilmette? Yes. I think it's Wilmette. Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: basically it's like right. around yeah. that area. Um, but when he was <laughs> taking me, he was like, yeah, so they kind of like pick and choose. It's like a kind of a marriage of a bunch of different faiths. But um, there's like two things that all of them still believe. I can't remember what one of them. But the other one is... They're still not cool with homosexuality, and I was like, "Well, I'm out." Like, <laughs> wow, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Yeah. yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, that it's like still you could. It's just like incredibly open, like marriage yeah, and of how face. The point. Like, yeah, Jesus. exactly, oh my God. exactly. So it's just funny, and that was like one of the things I got into. I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I got into a conversation with a classmate when I was a kid. I was like. 13 or 14, like young high school aged, I think, with a guy who was a friend of mine who was a Mormon. And the Episcopal Church had just elected their first openly gay bishop. Mm -hmm. And I was pretty jazzed about it. And I like mentioned it kind of casually. And he was like, Oh, I'm really sorry that happened. And I was like, Ooh, I'm not. (laughs) And we had a super awkward conversation. And then the next day he brought me like Mormon pamphlets Damn and i was like oh i don't want to talk about religion anymore if this is what happens as yeah. a result <laughs> no
1: totally why would you that's so, so annoying. yeah yeah it was interesting Ugh, it was garbage. interesting yeah
0: what do you think like w- were, was there literature that led you to that like choice specifically no
1: it was the like uh to be honest like the priest who uh gave sermons at the Episcopal church A- and the fact that it was like r- in my neighborhood really yeah. close at the time. It's the oldest wood frame church in building in Chicago. Uh-huh. Like uh, what's the
0: name of the church? It's
1: called all saints. Okay. Um, and it's, and it's just like so different from like how I grew up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, I mean, even I feel like all the like, mission y like social justicey things that I grew up with, the bottom line was make sure we are we're including some sort of literature telling Jesus. them the message, right? Whereas this is like they do so genuinely much work. Help people. Yeah, and well and like both of them can be genuinely helping people, but the spirit is the help is the message, you know? Where it's like you're we've you've got the food pantry or we're like marching for uh to stop gun violence in Chicago, which is like something that my old churches would never do. You know, that's a
0: really good way to put it that I don't know if I've ever heard before. The, the help is the message. Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to like drill it home. If you're familiar with this group of people who aligns with this faith and they're doing something genuinely helpful. Yeah. That should be what you take away. from.
1: Right. Exactly. Um. So, but yeah, it was really like the people. And then, Once I, like, went there for, like, a summer, they were, like, um, they – I wanted to get more involved. And so I started getting involved with this, like, youth group there. (laughs) And now that's the thing I do more. I don't even really go on Sundays very often. uh, But I do every couple weeks do this, like, youth group. That's really cool. Yeah, it's awesome. That's uh, really cool. Yeah, it's it's great. And it's, like, super – like, the youth group is, like, so – it's almost all like candy and games. It's so there's like half an hour of like even adjacent to religious about, stuff. Yeah, but it's yeah. even it's not even religious stuff, it's just like let's talk about privilege. Like talking cool. to a seventh grader about like, you know, uh what gender and race racial like privileges, you know?
0: Man, that's so cool. Yeah. I feel like that's such a um a nice thing to hear is happening in the Yes, church.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. Which is why I yeah, it's yeah. I've, been, I've told a little bit, a few more people about it recently, but I, I, I'm very hesitant too. Cause it's like, I don't know, uh, very, I'm not trying to be like, <laughs> so I'm a great guy. Right, you know what I right, mean? Right. Like it's, uh, I really, <laughs> I mean the kids are just like, uh, they're super like brilliant people and, uh, it's just an awesome, yeah. The, pe- the people are just good people. I think and it's great. yeah. So, but, but I, I, found that as a result of feeling this lack of like, and and I think it was really lack of practice, like not like a a dogma, like what, you know, what are the beliefs that I need to come upon? I Uh mean, my like basic religious belief is I believe there's a mystery. Capital M mystery at the heart of the universe and I want to live in harmony with Mm -hmm. that mystery. And that is like what I've got, you know, so far. Mm -hmm. From there, it's like I call it God because, again, the Dalai Lama thing, it's a nice shorthand. Right. It's easier. Whatever. But it could be – it is not a – it could not be personal. It could be personal. You know, there's so much that I'm just like – questions. It stands up to questions. Sure. Um, I did not mean for this to turn into, like, my religious (laughs) beliefs, but, uh... That's okay, it's still interesting, and I think it
0: informs the rest of it. I know it's... Yes. It's really, yeah, it's, like I said, I have a hard time talking about stuff like this, even now. Really? Just because of, uh, like, it really started with that one instance where I was like, oh, if I say something that someone else doesn't agree with, like... I might have to get pamphlets the next time I see them. I, I don't want that in my it's life. <laughs> so awful. And who was
1: it that I was talking to recently? I forget who I was talking to or what it was about, but th- the idea that like there are um, like the people who talk in detail about sex and their like sex lives are so often the like straight like heteronormative people. Yeah. Like gay people are not constantly being like, and I, you know, yeah, blah, right. blah, 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 and then, so that, man, I forget, there was, like, a such a good example that I'm totally blanking on from the last, like, couple days of my life, and I'm totally no spacing worries. out right now, but, yeah, uh, anyway, I, w- it was, it was a practice, I think, that I was missing, as opposed to, like, a principle or a, necessarily a full-blown theology, sure, and I think I was missing that partially because I was super, like, You know, a lot of my story is, like, mental health stuff, like anxiety, depression, and so that's where the self-help stuff comes into the idea of, like, how can I manage or fight whatever the – you know, the verbiage I think is kind of important, and I haven't figured out what the best way to phrase it is because managing Mm -hmm. is very different than fighting is very different than, like – Making peace with accepting, yeah, but some, all those are really different. So different,
0: especially when you're talking about something like that that yeah. has has good sides and bad sides, right, and right. Uh, you know, but mostly bad sides. Mostly bad, and can but you don't always want to just think about it as like a battle. I don't think.
1: Yeah. No, I, exactly. How for feels sure. Feeding. Right, right, and uh, but so yeah, so I started in addition to. um sort of doing this church hopping Mm -hmm. or you know temple whatever faith hopping thing uh i was reading a lot about mindfulness okay um so like like, your
0: spirituality and well uh,
1: specifically the pro like a lot tied to meditation and uh specifically like john cabot zinn is the massachusetts he's got some sort of like uh he's got a ton of books and a ton of ton of like uh Meditation tapes that are like about this very basic practice. He started, I think it's the Mindfulness Based Stress Reduction Clinic in Massachusetts. MBSR, MBSR, but yeah, um, and so, but basically, like kind of on the cutting edge of medically showing how meditation can help uh, terminally ill people manage their stress and so I was like really stressed out Sounds imperative it was awesome yeah and so like learning how to meditate and which I don't have a regular meditation practice right now but I've gone back and forth with that and like I think it's interesting and important and but so reading his um books uh of which there are many from like very technical specific Sort of texts to like more general mystical sort of things, Um, but all very much about like focusing on breath, focusing Mm -hmm. on being in the present moment. And so literally being mindful of every single moment, I mean, to to chew mindfully to like, you know, speak into this microphone and be aware of the movements my hands are making while I'm. Gesturing as I'm talking to you sort of mindfulness uh-huh. you know, Where you're like just in Bringing sort of like it almost reminds Me of like Thoreau mm-hmm. uh, Which Walden would be another like sort of self Help sure. I guess kind of thing um, but then now we're getting into like so I guess maybe self help literature is the best way to describe it because like the literature part oh. would be like an emphasis for me. And that's you know? something that you
0: also enjoy,
1: right? I'm shirt. not talking about like Steve Harvey, like, <laughs> think like a man or whatever. <laughs> you know? I'm
0: glad that's not what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I just go into this like,
1: what is it, uh, men's right stuff? Right. I'm just like, you yeah, know, that's just what I well, believe, Dave, man.
0: Like, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> wasn't expecting to talk about Christianity. Definitely wasn't talking about yes yes um but no so it's yeah i so glad you're not an (laughs) mra yeah thank you i um as a woman (laughs) yes
1: i so yeah the john cabot's in the meditation stuff and then from there kind of got into buddhist stuff uh there's a woman named pema chodron who did like a bunch of She's, they call her. She's her bio on the book says she's a Buddhist nun, and I don't know what that like means exactly or how that works. But she. Well, you can
0: be a Buddhist monk, right? Uh, yeah, I, mean, I that guess that's like I a guess silly that is, question, but you can be a Buddhist monk. So I would think that it would be a similar. That is exa- must exactly
1: what it. But for me, it seemed like. Oh, it, it was a different you, you know, don't associate yeah exactly but that's exactly she's just a female th- monk mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. but she is amazing she has her specifically this book when things fall apart is like oh that sounds familiar it? to me yeah it's because it's not the chinua achibi book Things oh, fall apart. things fall apart yes yeah. it's when things fall apart and it's just about like how change is the only constant in life and so i read it like after going through a breakup and it was just like oh man like everything feels like it is falling apart and her thing Mm -hmm. was like
0: that happens. life is
1: groundless like Mm -hmm. there any time you think that there is something solid that you're standing on like that's when you're in trouble because Mm -hmm. it's not there you know um and so getting into that reading about uh zen buddhism alan watts the way of zen is like another book that i was like reading that exact summer that i was doing all the like faith institution hopping yeah and then you're
0: really entrenched
1: yeah well i just i've always like i don't know it's i've lost my like zest for fiction a little bit i was
0: gonna say i was just about to ask like something really similar to that do you it seems like you would only be reading things like this yeah
1: pretty much i was like super focused on just like spiritual books hmm. um another amazing one which is kind of a different tack is uh eric from wrote this book called the art of loving which is just about and also the thing i love about this stuff is that you can so easily apply it to art and so – Cool. Like uh, another one that uh, – have you had Bill Stern in here?
0: No, but I should.
1: Yeah, you should. Uh, but he turned me onto this book, uh, The Inner Way – no, Inner Game of Tennis. Oh, cool. Which is this a very like Zen-style book. Okay. And it's all like – I mean if you read the book and you insert fucking – comedy or stand up or painting or whatever the fuck your artistic pursuit is It doesn't matter that it's exactly tennis. Exactly. For tennis just every time the word, you know. And then you That's can so like funny. Yeah, so the idea of like this analogous sort of movement between whatever you're reading about and transposing it onto your an artistic pursuit. And the art of loving is amazing because it's about like you know, it starts by laying out the history of Love and different kinds of love, motherly love and that sort of stuff. And it's like 130 pages. It's it's oh. really short. Yeah. But the last big chapter or chunk of it is uh, the pursuit of like loving something. And it gets back to this like – it never says mindfulness, but it's very much like learning to sit for long periods of time with your like discomfort and forgiving yourself. And like you would never uh, – I mean I'm really – jumbling a bunch of stuff up in here as I'm talking okay. about it, but like uh you would never hate on a baby for like stumbling as it takes its first steps. <laughs> right. So in whatever pursuit, you know, whether it's writing or uh, a human relationship, those like first stumbles are not something Can't to be, be, don't, don't hate yourself for them. Just yeah. like accept it, laugh, smile, lift the baby up again and just keep learning, you know, yeah. except the baby is you. Yeah. And, right. Uh,
0: Man, that's, I feel like that's imperative in yeah. talking about relationships. Oh, is, totally. I feel like there's so many people who would just be like, yeah, we went on one date, and it was, like, kind of weird, and he was really nervous, and I'm like, yeah, like, that's right. going to fucking happen. It <laughs> like, also, like, that's
1: a good sign, right, sort of. Right, right. Yeah.
0: I, I agree with you. Although
1: I do think you can kind of tell with dating, like, pretty much in the first, like, 15 seconds <laughs> whether you're feeling... I, I don't know. Maybe that's wrong, but... I mean, I I believe in it growing, but I also very much believe in, like, trusting, like... Your first instinct. A super... As long as it's a deep gut instinct and not, like, a superficial fear. Sure.
0: I definitely relate to that. I think my, my, like, uh, hesitance where that's concerned probably fits into what you're saying, which is that, like, my current boyfriend, uh, we both knew that there was, like, interest there for a while, Mm -hmm. and, like, he um expressed interest like one night and I, and I was like, What are you doing tomorrow? And we went on a date the next day and like the night before, like he had been drinking and like worked up enough courage mm-hmm, to like say mm-hmm, something to me about mm-hmm. it and then the next day he was just like a ball of nerves. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, totally. <laughs> but, I, but
0: it wasn't like that didn't turn me off, you know, like yeah. it was like, Oh, I I get this. Like we'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> like, this yeah, just this one sure. time. Absolutely. And then the next date was Awesome. You know, it was like everything from there out was totally fine. Yeah. So I guess everything, both are just true. just no
1: problems in this relationship. <laughs> Is that what we were saying?
0: No, I was going to say, <laughs> I guess there's a little of both in terms of like knowing going in that yeah, there's interest course, there. Yeah, of course, of course, of but course. But also if there's like nerves or weirdness, don't let that totally turn yeah, you off. Yeah,
1: totally. But so, yeah, so it was definitely feeling stressed and I was... And to back, I mean, now I'm like jumping around chronologically, but this right prior to this summer of exploration, I had, I had this brutal, awful job in Elmhurst. Oof! Yeah. Which is like, for me, it was an hour and 15 minute, 15 minute commute on three different modes of transportation. Mm -hmm. So it was just like. And that's one way, Do and like so a
0: train and the metro train bus it was something. like it was
1: like a bus to the train to the shuttle from work, yeah. and it was just I, I did so that awful for
0: the first like year and a half I lived in Chicago. yeah, it's a and nightmare. and so the
1: amount of stress I had from that of just being like, what am I doing? It was right at the tail end of my like improv career where I was getting like much less happy with improv before I had found stand up, and then also this like you know awful relationship that was like taking its toll the perfect Um, storm yeah and so to so i think it was right during that time that i also started going to therapy Mm -hmm. um and well actually that was a result of i was like being shitty in this like independent improv group really (laughs) yeah um
0: that's when you know something's like, know, it's like you chose to be here but and you're right. still being an asshole. I know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, right. <laughs> and it was
1: like uh, super close friends. It was mm-hmm. this group computer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That was like four people and they're like all like some of my closest friends. Uh, and, and they were just like, dude, why do you think that we're like out to get you? And I was like, yeah, cause everyone is out to get Yeah, me. <laughs> you man. Know? That's
0: so tough. Like, oh, yeah. it's so tough to look at someone and know that you want to be around them and support them, but also know that that's all you're getting from them is like, yeah. it think like, cause I've worked with people like that before or like been in classes with people like that. And yeah. it's like, you just want to grab them by the shoulders, especially like you're talking about. If you really care about that person and just be like, dude, chill out. Right. <laughs> but for me, know. it
1: was like on my Cause I can imagine that would be tough. I was really only <laughs> right. ever that person. You right, know? right, 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 um, right, For me, it was like the uh, the seeds were growing of like – like for me, it's such an instructive thing to like talk about my like uh, – the notes I got when I got cut from my last Herald team that I was on. And they were like, you know, you really bring your mood into rehearsals. And I was like, yeah, cuz I'm fucking miserable right now. You know, like <laughs> right. that is less is more of a wash, but like right. um you force your ideas and blah 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 and uh excuse me. That's okay. Uh but I uh you yeah, and and so like I saw like two paths where it's like, "Oh, I could like work on these things and become a better improviser or I could just do stand-up and then all of these issues like go away like
0: come into there is a valid art form
1: where you can be on stage by yourself that is so true and so yeah yeah. so anyway so it was basically saying that like it was a lot of like kind of misery a few years ago that was driving this interest in self-help texts and then the other kind of like self-help stuff like more specifically were these workbooks that I got recommended to by my therapist which were like uh, I think one's called the anxiety the anxiety something something workbook um, one of them was the cognitive behavioral workbook and then another was like the stress reduction um acceptance and and commitment therapy workbook just these like w- really like intense workbooks.
0: Big. Big thoughts and ideas being boiled down into, like, everyday activity, I yeah, guess. Yeah, well,
1: and, and very specifically focusing on, like, okay, what's your anxiety? For me, I have this, like, generalized anxiety, so it's harder to just be, like – Define. Like, uh, what is it? A behavior, a Cognitive behavioral therapy is not as helpful for me because it's not, like, I'm afraid of going into grocery stores or I'm claustrophobic or whatever sure. it is. It's just, like – I have a general dread of, you know, I have self-esteem issues. I have that kind of stuff. And, but to go through a specifically the anxiety workbook, cause that, cause that kind of cast a wide net and was like, here's meditation, here's medication, here's, uh, you know, your diet, the amount of exercise you can do. And then had all these like pages that I would just copy where it's like, okay, you can make a list and just check off. Like if you've made five check marks, you know, eating well, exercise, done some meditation, done a little bit of self-care, like uh, doing the artist's way was another thing. I
0: I was going to ask, like coming into today, I was like, I bet he's done the artist's way. Yeah, I never did the I whole thing. I think I'm going to start soon.
1: It's great. And it's like uh, I, ne- I never finished it. But the other thing I realized, like – because it's very beside the point to like hate yourself for not finishing the artist way, you know. Because sure. it'll always be there for you. There's all those exercises sure. are there. And if
0: you feel like you got something out of it yeah, without doing totally. the whole thing that's certainly and
1: doing the artist's way absolutely got me more in touch with like, oh man, I need to be doing stand up. Yeah. And cool. so yeah, and it was around the same time. So yeah, this sort of like creative so to me the like the reason why we can go from talking about like fucking churches <laughs> yeah. to comedy is that like creative and spiritual and mental health is like su- such a fluid spectrum of things that for me. That
0: is I think that's really profound and I totally relate to that. I think I think if you it's kind of a misnomer for people to uh, – and this isn't an uncommon thing to hear in, like, the comedy community, but I definitely think it's a misnomer for people to think that, like, you can't be happy and produce good work. It's almost yeah. the opposite. Like,
1: Oh, for sure, dude. I mean, I, I have – this is the, like, most productive, like, creative year of my life. Yeah. And it's been after, like, huge medical trauma right. and, like uh, – and, and – I mean, if I was like miserable this year, I would not have been able to do like the things that I've been able to do. And like the misery and depression kept me for years from not only taking the action to do the things I needed to do, but like recognizing the things actions i had needed done. to
0: do them oh yeah so even if you felt like you did accomplish something yeah you it was just like now like let's it.
1: compare it to someone else or something and that you thing's know?
0: better so i'm awful. Yeah, yeah yeah or like so man. and so
1: was this age when they did this and i'm this oh, age now God. and what trajectory does that put me on that kind of thing
0: that that kind of thing like i man it's so hard to escape stuff like that, especially when you're already battling other demons of yeah, depression and right, anxiety, and totally. that feeding into it is just. But I guess the only, yeah, it's just being happy with what you're doing and trying not to um, let that stop you from doing anything. But else. I don't
1: think happiness. Another thing. So this w- So along these lines, there's a book. And I guess this is less self-help. Well, sort of, but in the same – so it's like psychological, spiritual books, right, is like kind of what I equate as adjacent sure. to self-help. But uh, I read this book, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, um, that he was a – he was in that sounds familiar too. a concentration camp and, like, survived and was a psychologist and had his, like, giant uh, – psychology text with him on the trains oh uh, my God. yeah to the camps and had to like throw out this entire text and then through the con- through the process of like being in the camps uh i mean it like changed because it was about it was basically just like the the central question of the book is like how can you create meaning out of the most uh you know, dark, Depths bleak situation.
0: Anyone's life.
1: And the beginning of the book, he has like uh, in the introduction, he says that happiness, like the uh, the pursuit of happiness, is this mis uh, not misnomer, but uh, is is mislabeled. That happiness is not pursued; it's it, it ensues. So it like from you, and and it's by. The pers- By the pursuit of a meaning, a purpose larger than yourself. So, you know, when people know that, like, create, you know, a creative work is something that's important to them, just the process of, like, writing the work, not the attention it's going to get them, not the accolades, whatever, uh, or the investment in raising a child, you know, or b- helping another person that you're in relationship with or really meaningful work like these are like higher sort of callings almost than your individual life and that is where happiness can then ensue at times when it can because if you're just waiting for like i I think like to be happy is such a like no one just like you can't just sit down and like move some knobs and be happy happy now yeah yeah, you're like you get happy at times
0: as a result as a
1: result of pursuing something outside yourself i think yeah um that's a really good way to look at it yeah
0: i like the idea of yeah it being something that ensues um cuz other it's it's, it's cuz otherwise Um, if you only tie the pursuit to other pursuits like success or Mm -hmm. like what you were saying or commercial success, however you want to look at it to differentiate things that are are not just personally successful. Mm -hmm. Um, that's so, you know, dangerous and terrible. Uh, and I think that, um, I recently, uh, Matt Young was talking about this because he, uh, he spent so much of his life being miserable, but like before he started to do comedy mm-hmm. and there have been times in his life doing comedy that he, he, you know, like tried, like compared himself too much to other people right. that he was working with or meeting or whatever. And he realized like in looking back at the time before he was doing comedy at all, he was like the differences not even comparable so in the grand in the sense that like his life is fuller and more lived and generally you know more full of like enjoyment and uh personal fulfillment than anything he did before that and whatever like the end result is he'll always know that that's true
1: yeah yeah but i think the way you get there is through like specifically practicing certain difficult things like i you know you got to like uh you know be healthy you have to eat healthy yeah. or exercise to like be healthy or like take your medication or whatever the fuck uh-huh. it is uh-huh. um or you have to write mm-hmm. nearly every day if you want to do a thing that involves writing or whatever it is like there are certain that's why like when I say like the practice of you know religion or spirituality a spiritual practice or even like a meditation practice is like it's regular it's consistent it is difficult and Mm -hmm. that's why a lot of people stay unhappy stay unfulfilled is because there is it isn't just a mindset change it's it's almost the mindset change is kind of immaterial it's the action behavioral change that for me, I think is more important than changing a perspective.
0: I I totally agree with you. And I think that, um, a really dangerous aspect of this community is that you can, this community being just like the comedy community in general, but maybe more specifically the improv community, you can certainly feel like you're doing things because you can be a part of something, but you can also case in point, go to something that you bring a miserable, um, outside, you know perspective to right. and tell yourself that you're participating and contributing and doing shows and people are watching you and all of that can still be totally in vain if it's not actually something that you're one enjoying doing to um you know uh, f- actually being fulfilled by and not just showing up and saying this is enough right and i think there's a a big difference between that and actively it's you know it goes back to one of the first things you said which is like pro activism versus reactive re- yeah 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 reacting
1: um, totally i think that it's all like that's interesting because i think there is kind of a divide in my mind at least between improv and stand-up mm-hmm. and like and this is being said as someone who like there was a time when improv was my thing and was like I would define myself as an improviser. And mm-hmm. like I lo- and I thought like the life philosophy was incredible, mm-hmm. but uh, that is not who I am anymore. And it was – for me, a big difference between improv and stand-up was like I do kind of think – like there's this thing that like all sort of comedians have where someone's like – Oh, you're a comedian? Like, tell me a joke. And like, yeah, like that's a goofy thing. But the thing that I found super gratifying about stand-up is like now I have a thing that exists outside of whatever the show that just happened. Whereas improv, if someone's like, do your comedy, you can't because it it doesn't exist. It's not as real for me. Again, like I'll just lump sum say like everything I'm saying is like from my perspective doesn't apply for everybody. applies for me. Uh, that said I have very strong opinions about uh, stuff and I just think like sure I wouldn't want to like tell someone a joke at a fucking dinner party no. but if I you wanted could to, you like could. it there, there's some like I have an act now mm-hmm. and that like exists within me that's something that I've created and that I carry with me mm-hmm. and I can describe it to people whereas like I think improv is, like, this. Ve- like for me, I found it to be very, uh, like, kind of the inverse of stand-up. Whereas, like, improv is, like, this yes-and mindset of, like, <laughs> like oh, like, at, we're all so supportive. Like, right. you know, we really believe in each other. But, like, hey, man, you're going through a tough time and you're bringing your bad mood into rehearsal. Oh, snip, snip. Fuck you, dude. You're fucking done, oh, dude. Oh,
0: man. Then, I didn't even think about it Right, like that. But,
1: like, stand-ups are, like – Fuck you. Who are you? I don't know you. Yeah. Uh, rightfully so, because people come to open mics all the time who just like want attention yeah. and aren't there to like walk to three or four different places, twenty minutes between each one during it, February when it's or super three sets cold. A night, yeah,
0: four or five times a week. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: And it's like, uh, so so. But then you spend three months or six months or nine months, which is is such a short period of time relatively. And then all of a sudden you're there, you're showing up, and they're like, welcome. people respect you. Yeah. And you're part of us. And it's just like such a more – like leading with the barbed negativity, but inside being warm and nice is so much more important to me. That's so
0: funny, and I think that's so – Uh, it also is reflected in, like, the way that the comedy is received, I think. Because I Mm -hmm, think when you go mm -hmm. into an improv, like, you, the audience, whatever, goes into an improv show, they sit down and they say, like, man, I can't believe they're making all this up. I am so ready to laugh. Like, just give me anything you can that Mm -hmm. might get a rise out of me. Whereas stand-up is, like, Fuck you! I don't know who you are. Yeah. you better make me laugh. So I paid true. money. Like uh, you wrote all this ahead of time, so it better be good as fuck.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And and there's so much tied to all like between all those things because of the nature of the medium.
1: Oh, totally. And but I also think it goes even further where. Uh, there's not really improv fans like yeah. they're, like they're they're future improv students is that what an is improv fan so is. So true. Like someone who like is going to see there there's I never had someone be like, hey man, I love this one group you're in. I go to all your shows. Like there may be like
0: or if they did, it's because they were also an improv student, like right? Or they're
1: uh, they're on their way to taking their first improv class. Yeah. Whereas stand up now, it's your name. It's, it's like you, they know what, what the product is yeah. when you step on the stage yeah. and people are like, I love Marty DeRosa or yeah, whoever it right, is. Right. And they're like, and so they will stick with you. And like, mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're investing and they're like at the early phase of like fucking pavement oh, or something. so and true. Like, yeah, yeah. This band is going to get huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so true. Yeah.
0: I remember like, I feel like that's already happened. It's starting to happen to me. Um more like the longer I've been in Chicago. But yeah. it's so cool to see someone like Beth Stelling that I saw do like a really short set in mm-hmm. Chicago and like recently saw her album recording back in Chicago and I was just like, This is awesome. she like, did like a sketch album or uh, like a stand up no, album? No, a stand up album. Oh, yeah, wow, yeah. Awesome. She like she's done oh, a lot. Beth
1: Stelling. I'm thinking of who was yeah, yeah, of course Beth Stelling. Yeah. I'm thinking of Beth uh what's her name who d- was did the like cash cab thing.
0: Oh, Malusky?
1: You, Malusky, yes. Yeah, yeah, Beth yeah. Okay, I think she's cool, still cool, doing cool. a lot of stuff in the city. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Best um, selling. Yeah, best selling is awesome. Um, for but sure. she
0: was like one of the first people who like I saw when they were still doing sets in Chicago and now they're like doing Conan and yeah, at midnight. Right, right, right. And, right, right. and you're like
1: you feel invested in this absolutely person. Absolutely yeah? I do. And I think it's even like to me, that's the kind of newer wave of improv people, at least at the tail end of when I was doing improv, is this the sort of, like, it's not super, like, similar to Compass Players or yeah. Viola Spolin or whatever. It's, like, uh, Gary Richardson and John Reynolds and Carmen Christopher, dudes who are, like, have – or, like, I Nate Verone, I think, is yeah. like that, where you're, like, I know what this dude is that when he steps on stage – and like, but
0: like I mean, that's a gross way to say it. No, but no, you're not, no. Yeah, but it's like, you know but, what I mean?
1: But yeah, but it's this thing of like, oh, when you get on stage, uh, maybe you know that that would not be the uber like improviser platonic ideal an of, of an improviser who is I. like not the T. J. Jagadowski sure. like sure. ideal of an improviser who's like rubber and can just respond to anything and
0: makes everyone like obviously is the best player on the stage but like also makes everyone else look great right like all those like you said ideals that we attach to right
1: right right but it's like yeah that to me and then i equate that to like sports where it's like this idea of the, like, utility infielder who, like, m- you know, the veteran presence who makes the team better. Sure. But it's, like, really hard to quantify when you're, like, looking at the numbers. Yeah. But then you're, like, yo, fucking Barry Bonds is hitting, like, 45 home runs <laughs> yeah, a year, right. gets on base, like, half the time. Like, you gotta I think have guys he's still like making yeah. his team better <laughs> yeah. by scoring all those runs. <laughs> That's you know? a
0: really funny analogy. but and, I totally And not to say that, mean. like, I
1: mean, TJ is, like, an amazing improviser. And, like, there are those people who can – Lift the level of play around them, but I don't think the people who are seen as like selfish, especially in improv, because there's so much lip service paid to not being selfish, Mm -hmm. uh, which when I think that's BS and like a lot of people are selfish anyway, is
0: oh, I think that uh, about some people who like, I think it's really frustrating to watch someone teach not being selfish and then you see them play and it's like, oh, you. Are obviously being really
1: selfish. Yes, totally, totally. You got any names? Mm. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Um, Um, But uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I just think that like those self, like you're never gonna watch John Reynolds in a show and be like, you know what, that was a worse show for John, like uh being real goofy right in that it's like no dude no, like it's pretty funny teammate, and you everyone lot, laugh man.
0: and his teammates had fun with it too like right. yeah that's a really good way to think about it um i mean on the other hand i think there are people who um i think messing is someone who's really good about preaching like just do you and be a fucking weirdo and like um uh be supportive through that and yeah then when you abs- watch that, like, messing, philosophy right and sure. then when you watch messing with a friend i think that directly translates to what she does as totally. a performer for sure for sure um i'm willing to talk about the people who i think do it in a good way <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, uh, but um i was gonna say something else i guess that's what i meant by um Uh, The big difference that you pointed out is definitely something that I uh, was thinking of when I was saying, like, um, it's easy to fool yourself into thinking that you're doing something. Yeah. And I don't necessarily – I'm not saying that to say that, like, all improv is fooling yourself into thinking that you're doing something. Mm -hmm. But you definitely have to know – I'll say it. <laughs> you can say that. Yeah. Um I, I don't think that necessarily, but I definitely think it's a very different beast. It's a totally different beast. You you can't fool yourself into thinking that you're going to like make a career out of doing a bunch of improv no, shows. Yeah, definitely. Not. That's the that's the important part to me, I think. Right,
1: right. Um how do we get onto why improv sucks from <laughs> self <laughs> uh, um, help?
0: The pursuit of happiness versus as happiness ensues. Oh,
1: right, right, right. And like the practice of something. Right. And yeah. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Because I was trying to think. So, yeah. So in answer to your first question, that's uh, how the. Uh, oh, yeah. That, that, that's how I got into self-help. Uh, I mean, but that's how, that's kind of
0: how the show works. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. It's a, I'm kind of blessed in not having to really like feel think of stuff to go in between yeah, usually yeah, if someone yeah. starts out on a good foot uh right we'll just take it from there mm-hmm. how do you feel like self-help literature still exists in your life uh you know three or four years later at, in a totally different mm-hmm. mindset
1: mm-hmm. well i read that man's search for meaning book like last year mm-hmm. so it's like i still am interested and i find it easiest to pick up Nonfiction of a spiritual or psychological bent.
0: Okay, so that's kind of still. Yeah, um,
1: it's interesting. It's there like, as a hobby. Do you
0: read autobiographies or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I love uh, biography. Recently, I read their like Richard Pry like Becoming Richard Pryor book. Oh yeah, was really good. I
0: think it. I know you're not the first person that I. I'm like relatively good friends with who's a big reader who has told me recently that they don't really read fiction anymore that it's like almost Well, all.
1: I am reading fiction again, but nice. it's like it after college I was like so like monomaniacally obsessed with it for a while fiction and uh yeah, it's just it's not real man. <laughs> like, uh no, I think it's yeah, it's um i don't I can't exactly pinpoint why my interest waned, but it did mm-hmm. um but now I mean how does self help exist i mean creatively I think like i I like reading that stuff because doing stand up and like doing something creative where I can literally stand on stage and explore and like talk in first person about my own life sure makes it f- makes it not feel like what I'm doing is self-help uh but like what it for me or for an audience but it makes reading self-help stuff it makes it feel like I can directly take some of that stuff into cool uh performance yeah. and,
0: It's kind of like the, uh, I know it's an artist's way, I think this is an aspect of artist's way anyway, of like quantifying how much time you spend trying to put towards being an artist. Like, so maybe. No, no, no.
1: I mean, maybe I just didn't get to that.
0: Uh it. it may not be. I haven't done it yet. So <laughs> yeah. you're probably more of an maybe I just I only got um, about experienced so this years. in a different I haven't done it yet. But what do you mean by quantifying? Um like literally quantifying. Mm-hmm. Um and I think this is it may not be an artist's way thing at all. It may have just been part of the conversation that I had with the person who sure, sure, sure. uh suggested that I do it in the first place. But um if you can literally quantify time that you put towards being an artist uh, time that you're spending at open mics mm-hmm. um, time that you've been writing uh, I absolutely think that doing things like reading self-help books contribute to that time spent
1: oh okay I get what you're saying I don't know if I agree I okay. think that it I think like that's another way you can trick yourself into think you're doing the work okay. when you're not really right because it's like Oh, like we were talking before about like, uh, pe- I don't know if I'm blowing up your spot, but people who've asked you for help with podcast oh, equipment no, you're not, and people who've, yeah, like asked you about like what podcast programs or equipment do I need? Mm-hmm. And you give them advice and then you're like, well, where did that uh, podcast ever yeah. come out? Uh, And it's like, so they thought that the work was like asking you. But it's like, no. And I've been there. I've done that, mm-hmm. versions of that stuff in so many different, like, ways. Mm-hmm. But And that's why I feel like I know that, like, there's a certain amount of, like, you can get really close to doing art or mm-hmm. creating and still not be creating, you Absolutely.
0: Know? I mean, I – when I started this podcast – it was definitely one of those things that I kept talking about and not just doing. Right. And uh, and sometimes
1: that can build up steam. It's like you're talking mm-hmm. about it, you're talking about, it, you're, talking about it, you're talking about it until it happens. But sometimes it can do the reverse and like let steam out until like it just dissipates and you have no not happening. energy.
0: Yeah. I think that I'm more often than not building it up without ever actually like uh, following through. Um, but for this anyway, it was one of those things where it's like, well, I need a mic. Um, I got an Amazon gift card for Christmas mm-hmm, and I'm just going to like, mm-hmm. I'm going to buy this mic. And that was in March, I think right. of uh, a few years ago now. And then it just sat on my dresser for right, right, right. three or four more months. And I was like okay i'm going to record the first episode you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. and uh, but it, the only way and i've talked about this on the show before because my friend liz talked about um advice columns mm. and when she talked or uh i talked i told her like the whole story leading into it because she basically challenged me and a couple of other people that i was in an improv group with to do this like 6 week um it was supposed to be a fitness challenge uh-huh. at the time. I was unemployed, so I was just looking for anything yeah. to put energy into. Totally. So we, you're supposed to have three fitness goals for the six weeks okay. and one um, creative goal. Okay. And those the fitness goals were unimportant uh, in the grand scheme of things. So it was just something to fill time with and not be a total like waste right. of space on a couch. But my creat or my like personal goal it wasn't necessarily creative, but uh, you know, hours happened to be because we were creative people. But my personal goal was to get at least three episodes of the mm. podcast posted. And by the end of the six weeks, I, I was, I was like staring down the sixth week of it. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, I gotta, I gotta make an episode. <laughs> so I just like plugged in, recorded a rambling 20 minute, like kind of intro to what I thought the show might be. And then posted it by the end of the six week like challenge and i was like well i got one and then because i did that and posted it other people were like oh i would love to do your show and then i actually then it was a thing right 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 with that i can totally relate to this being a physical like representation of something that i do yeah do i feel um less than because it's really just recorded conversations yes but it is like <laughs> no absolutely 120 yeah. plus episodes For of sure. me having a conversation with someone yeah. that i find interesting totally
1: totally and yeah so um but yeah in terms of other ways that like self-help so i mean they're like i i i i think the other way in which self-help lit kind of like influences what I do creatively is that the way in which I understand comedy and want to pursue my own comedy is in a slightly more broad, uh, definition of what comedy can be. So like, for instance, like the Chris Gethard show is like something I have loved and like, especially the, uh, the cable access one. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, there was, I remember there was like one episode that was like him taking calls from people. And it was like, I don't know if the episode, whatever the theme was, it might as well have been like deepest, darkest secrets. And it was like people talking about like super deep, heavy depression stuff, criminal stuff. (laughs) And it was like pretty brutal. And then the very next week was the dick skirt episode, which is like, four dudes were in a sewn together skirt with no underwear on, like (laughs) answering questions about the physical characteristics of each other's penises. And it was like to be both of those things was, I was like comedy can be anything. And then, uh, yeah, which is like amazing. And to, to me, so to me, the like scary thing about what I've been doing creatively, is the feeling of it's not comedy and the fear that it's not comedy. Oh, uh, because... Because I was in this coma so last heavy. year and I'm yeah. doing this hour-long coma show, Daymar coma show. And, uh, yeah, and it's, like, heavy. And, like, when I came... The the first performance I did this year, 2015, was the day after I moved back to Chicago. I was at the Green Mill, uh, the Paper Machete, and it felt like I was, like, giving, like, a sermon almost. Yeah. But I was, like this feels fucking incredible. This is like how I want my performances to be. And now that's the feeling I have on a larger scale with the show that I'm doing. But there's the fear of like, Oh, this is not, um, uh, this is not
0: what people define as comedy. Right.
1: But it's, but then I have to like put that out of my mind and be like, Oh, I'm being true to myself in some way. And, and, But I guess it's different than creating self-help literature because I guess if I were doing that, it would be with some sort of instructive like, hey, here's how you can – it would be a dogmatic in some way of like here's a specific – no one wants to be preached it Right. And like to be like, oh, this specific tactic of like, eh, you know, this is my perspective. I come from a – you know meditation is my thing, or blah blah whatever the fuck it is. loving kindness is is where I come from, or whatever um but so it's not that, and it's also not like second person it's not like here 's what sure. you can do it's just and the reason why it's so like comedy or stand up or personal is you know it's just me kind of almost detailing this is not it at all, but like in a way, like <laughs> detailing my self-help journey, you know oh, what I mean? Cool. Which is not, again, not, I would never no. describe that as what I do, but like the idea of like, there's, that's a, the, a second degree synonym of what I'm doing, which is just like, you know, the, because I feel like so much of comedy is like, and I'm real and I get that depressed, like I definitely get that depression is real. Mm-hmm. And I address that sometimes in stuff that I do, but I think i'm so fucking bored of like stand-ups who just talk about depression without any interest in like doing anything about it and there and like sometimes it's very hard and nearly impossible to do anything about it but there are things that can be done about it and i find the lack of interest in self-improvement really infuriating and so my idea is like i want to talk about my life but i also want to talk about it like my idea is I'm trying to get better as a person, you know, throughout my life. And hopefully you are too. And let's maybe try to do that together as opposed to just like wallowing in our fucking sure. undiagnosed alcoholism or yeah, depression Jesus. or yeah. sex addiction or whatever the fuck it is. Do you right. Know what
0: I, mean? I absolutely know what you mean. And I think that. I it's probably even more apparent in the stand-up community because um, it's, uh, you know, because of the nature of it, and it's a little more raw, but at the same time, it's more personal, mm-hmm. and like you said, it can kind of be, like, glorified in some ways. Right, right, right. And, but, I mean, because of the nature of uh, creatives and performers, et cetera, there are plenty, I mean, I've lived here long enough to have seen some people kind of, like go through shit and come out of it or like stay in it and not really seem like they want to make any changes it's really it's really weird to to witness that and yeah i can totally see coming from the place of being like frustrated by it (laughs) yeah come on come on yeah absolutely like i know it's hard but um the only other thing else oh but like I feel like you would be remiss to be saying, like, I'm not, you know, I know this is a serious topic and it's self-helpy and things like that. But there's some great jokes in that show. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, dude. I appreciate that. I haven't forgotten that Shin's joke. Oh, nice. That's thank you. A thank you. Joke. Thank you. Thank you. That's really awesome. And they I hit, appreciate that. Uh because of how like intense it can be at times yeah, they yeah, hit yeah. that much harder at the good. payoffs. That's really good.
1: great. That's like ideal. That's- I my two very cents thank you. on thank your, you. Very much. You're thank
0: welcome. You. You're welcome. I wouldn't say it if I didn't mean it. But it. Uh, it's a great show. Or I, I, I don't know how much has really changed since I saw.
1: Um, what you probably it's would a little shorter, like a probably. It's uh, I don't read off note cards. <laughs> um, That's right, good. because you saw it at Jangleheart, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I don't read off note cards. Uh, there's, it's a little bit like more polished. Okay. Uh, there's some like tech stuff in there. Some there's a pre-show slideshow there's nice. music cues there's a little bit of lighting stuff very minimal but uh yeah sad it's too, uh yeah there's some threads that have been removed like there was a romantic tiny tiny subplot in the show that you saw that's not there anymore cuz okay. it's just not part of the show uh-huh. um but uh, And then I've expanded a little bit on the, like, eulogy stuff because yeah. people want to hear about the, like, Facebook eulogies so much.
0: That makes sense. But only
1: a little bit. I've only expanded a little bit on that because other people can write that show if they want. Like, uh, yeah. that's, uh, that's not really as much part of my show as I think people wish it was. But, cool. Uh,
0: I mean, yeah. I thought that what you said about it was perfect. Like, it was really profound. I mean, to say, even just the simple thought of, like, if you have to begin a eulogy for someone with, yeah. I didn't know ex person very well, right, right, right. then you don't need to be yeah, saying it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: Um, Thank you. Yeah. But, I uh, think
0: I've, like, I didn't even, I got into a conversation with a friend, like, from college, totally outside of the Chicago world, who I, like, repeated that idea to, and she was, like, yes exactly because it had been like she used to be a high school english teacher and like every time a student like something tragic would happen like all of these teachers would chime in with like the weirdest little inconsequential personal stories
1: and that's the thing is it's like not about it's not about the person but also that's okay yeah if the person is gone then like well the world isn't about that person anymore right you know what i mean right. like it's for like living people and that's what these eulogies are for but yeah so it's my, complicated my it's, it's sure. very complicated but uh and i understand the impulse to do that mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. just and
0: i think you do a good job of kind of spilling
1: thanks spelling dude out. thank
0: you <laughs> Uh, any other thoughts before we close this out? You did a great job of addressing the kind of creative ways that good. This um, ties
1: in. Nope. Thank you so much <laughs> for having me. This was a pleasure. Dave Marcoma show at Annoyance on Fridays. I don't know when this goes up, but uh,
0: this Wednesday. So oh, got sweet. Plenty of chances through December eighteenth. Awesome. So yeah. Awesome. I strongly encourage people to check that out, especially you. if you enjoyed this conversation. Yes. If you didn't, maybe.
1: Maybe it'll still be for you. Use your <laughs> eight bucks, man.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, if you didn't give Dave another shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Dave, I love you. I mean that, man. Thank
1: you, dude. <laughs> This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all,
0: thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.